So, Tommy, remind me again why we're in this abandoned temple? Well, Carl, remember a few weeks ago we interviewed Sean McAuliffe and then I bumped the console and deleted the whole thing? Remember it. I've been crying into my pillow every night since it happened. Right, well, I overheard someone saying that when interviews get deleted, they end up in here. People are furious at us, and if we can find this McAuliffe interview, we may just be able to save the little dum-dum club. Well, I hope we find it soon. This place gives me the willings. over there. Do you see that? Yeah, it's, it's a little USB stick. And there's something written on it. McCullough. The legends are true. It's the lost episode of the Little Dum Dum Club. Hey, Tommy, be careful with that. It, it looks like it's sitting on some sort of precious sensitive podium. You know, just like in the Indiana Jones movies. Uh, would you relax? I've got it. Here, let's go. Wait a minute. What's that? Do you hear that? But it's a giant boulder. You know, just like in those Indiana Jones movies. Quick, run! Look, the door up ahead's starting to close. You know, just like in those Indiana Jones movies. Stop saying that! We're going to have to slide under it. I'll go first, Tommy. Pass me the USB stick. Hey, Carl, uh, my jumper got caught on a rock. I, I can't move. you, you got to come back and help me. I'm going to die in here. See you, man. Mates, welcome into the Little Dum Dum Club. My name is Tommy Dasselo. My name is Carl Chandler. And how are you doing there? Well, you've changed the order. Normally oh, I introduce I? you. Yeah, sorry. And then you give it a bit of G'day Dickhead, g'day your dickhead. famous catchphrase. There you go. Do I say who I am or not? Oh! <laughs> do I come in later? Who is this? That's all right. Who is no, no, no. stranger? I'm not here. Not here. You, you go ahead. I'll just sit back and observe. Okay. <laughs> well, it's awkward now. <laughs> no, no, it's all right. Just a stranger in the room. Who said the cleaner could talk? <laughs> this is mystery. This is a good thing. You know, the audience now got suspense. They go, who is that? It's That's the theatre of radio. Yeah. That's good. It's good. Now you, you go on. I'm I'm just sort of over in the corner, folks. I'm just a, a shadowy figure. You could be anyone. Let's yeah. all pretend this never happened. After last week, people were thinking, did they actually get Ding Dong Drysdale in? Is that <laughs> Ding Dong that I'm hearing? Um, She's gone through the chain. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Um, hey, well, first off the top, uh, I'll just tell you this little thing that I haven't told you. Um, I went to uh, one of my rare forays to the football on the weekend, oh, and yes. my team were uh, thumped. And I got on the, I did this thing where I got on the um, train, and I never sort of look where the train's going, roughly. I sort of go, that sort of looks like the right direction. And I got on the train at about 11 o'clock at night, and I just went on it and looked out the window about 20 minutes in and realized I didn't have any idea of where I was. And I got out at one of those um, little stops sort of like in between stations, like this tiny little station that, that they that don't most stop. trains just go through? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. That, that aren't covered on the express route or whatever. So I got out of this like tiny little um, station at about 11.30, and, and there's no trains you know, stopping for another half an hour or anything like that. So I'm just sitting there like the saddest man of all time. <laughs> In this little abandoned train station. It sounds like something that happens to a 12-year-old the yeah, first yeah. time they get it the is. train on it's their own. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. And I sat there completely, no one else on the platform except for 25 minutes in when I, I was waiting for the train to just come in. 25 minutes in, these two guys stop at the front of the train station right where I was sitting, stop, get out, and just relieve themselves, urinated on oh. the park bench in front of me, and then took off again. Like it was like this big road trip, you know those things like, it's not like the highway where people have been driving for four hours and they have to get out and relieve. This was in a cul-de-sac. Right. These guys were driving along in some sort of suburban road trip and just urinated at 11.30 in front of me, right in front of me. So they've made the trip specifically to do this? Yeah, it, it looked like it. It looked like just right. a metaphor for my decision making on the night. <laughs> It was very strange. I was driving back from a, 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 a weekend at the beach a little while ago, driving through Cranbourne, yep. and uh, there, a maxi cab, we saw a maxi cab on the side of the highway, pulled over with about eight blokes hanging out of it, relieving themselves on the side of the freeway. And this was at like five in the afternoon on a Saturday. It was clearly like a big lads night yep. out into the city. Yep. And I just wished that I somehow could have seen how their night ended up. Bar 20 followed by the police station, presumably, yep. but... 
It just had that air of Casino. just disaster about it. Yep. What a great way to open up being our guest. Speaking of disasters, yeah. uh, no. I'm just in the corner relieving myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, hang on, I'll come, I'll, I'm ready now. Oh, classic ding-dong. Well, I guess today uh, you may know him uh, as the host of Talking About Your Generation. You may also know him from... What do you mean, may? Well... You may know him. Well, they... Okay, everyone, you everyone. will. Okay, you, you will, will know. Will. That's fine. Okay, okay, you will know him from that. I don't you will want to tell also. Him your business. <laughs> you will also know him from his constant interjections before we've introduced him on the show. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the little dum dum club, Sean McAuliffe. Yay! Thank you, thank you. Nice to be here. All right, yes, yes. You, now it's we're on. Okay, oh, we've I've, clocked on. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm done. I've got to move the car. <laughs> <laughs> now that we've introduced you, you seem to have gone all quiet. <laughs> I'm quite happy to talk. Quite happy to talk. <laughs> well, speaking of trains, well, I was just speaking of trains. Um, I wasn't listening. Oh. Okay. Well, we were me and Tommy over here, the, the, the guy over there. We were talking about trains before. Hi, Tommy. A long time sure. ago. And um, so you do you live in Williamstown? You still live? In I do. I do. And I visited the uh, the wonderful train museum in Williamstown, oh, which really? I recommend to anybody to go Claim. and see. You see wonderful, uh, wonderful old uh, Scottish steam engines. You know that have been built. You know many years ago in the eighteen eighties. Right. And you know the you know the most curious place I've ever seen a, a Scottish steam engine. Am I saying that right? A steam locomotive. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I'm talking about. Sure. Our listeners are massive train spotters, so <laughs> I, hope, I hope that's right. That's good. It's on the board. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, I went on a holiday. I went to Thailand. I went to, you know, and you, where do you go in Thailand? You think, well, the best place to go would be the Thai Burma Railway. Go and see the bridge, <laughs> where the bridge was over the River Kwai, because right. they blew it up, so it's not there anymore. Yep. But you know they've rebuilt it? Right. The bridge is, uh, in fact, the River Kwai never existed. That was just made up. Folks, write this right. down. This is really interesting. <laughs> so they renamed the river. They re- renamed a river, the River Kwai, and they built a bridge over it. So it's uh, life imitating art. I was like a stunt river. It wasn't. It was no, never. It wasn't no never river a real Kwai. River. No, no, no. It's no. like that, that thing where horses don't look like horses on movies. They 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 get they got to paint them oceans to look like rivers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They get a big big dog and they paint it. You know. With blue screen paint, <laughs> and then projected a horse onto it. Right, yeah. and that way the actors look taller. That's what they did to Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. Oh, right. The sets were all made to scale, all the buildings and everything, so he looked four inches taller. <laughs> He's running around on the leftover set from Team America, with the marionettes. <laughs> yeah, this is this is this is the illusion of it, but this is reality. So I, I you know, and that's the, the most curious place. They've got a an old Scottish steam engine there that was used on the Thai Burma Railway. And I thought, isn't that interesting? Isn't that fascinating? Yeah, it doesn't move though. <laughs> it's disappointing. It's got a hand. So, um, back to Williamstown. Yes. Um, <laughs> so you live in Williamstown. Uh, the reason I bring that up is because I used, to, I used to live in Williamstown for some weird reason, and that's not meant as an insult to anyone that lives in Williamstown. It's but a nice place. To it live. is a nice place. But you've got a family. Yes. Yeah. I didn't have a family. I lived. I was single in Williamstown. It's like the worst place in the world to be single. No, you gotta be, so you've got to have a family. In fact, that's yeah. a zoning requirement. Yeah. You have at least three children. I got pulled up many times not having yeah. a pram on the footpath. Yeah, yeah. In fact, all the parking bays there are all for people with prams. Yeah. You can't. If you don't have one, you you've got to keep moving. So you and you don't drive, do you? Um, well, well, you I, do. I, do you? I do now. I, I didn't oh. drive for for a long time. I used to catch the train a lot. You know, that's how I, I got to the ABC, I, uh, the Channel Nine, Channel Seven, all the places I've worked and been fired from. I would get there, <laughs> get there on the train. So my life was very simple. It would be, you know, I'd only ever do one thing a day. You're right. So yeah, yeah. Do yeah. Okay. So you'd sort of say, well, I'll factor in an hour and a half for the trip, and uh, you know, back and forward, and that was fine, and that and that, that was a good way to be. I think more, more people should be that way. Well, that's yeah. what I wondered well, about because on, I used to catch the train, and I would see you on the train all the time and be like, what are you doing going into Channel 9 on the train? Like on the bloody Zone 3 uh, 405 from Werribee. What are you doing? What's wrong with that? Why, why is that a, a cause of concern? Why would you raise your eyebrow at that? I don't know. It just seemed like, uh, well, you know, the Werribee line... You're expecting line... to be carpooling with Plucker and Dickie Knee or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> the Werribee line seemed like it would have a lot of real-life Milo Kerrigan's sure. rather than... The real Sean McCall. Sure, well, yeah, you know the real life Milo Kerrigans are the are, 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 are pleasurable to meet. I mean, it's the people who are chroming behind you. Ah, uh, yes, <laughs> and people urinating on the handicap seats and yeah, stuff on that yeah, line. Sure, Jesus. classic. Um, you brought up Milo Kerrigan pretty early on. Now, uh, uh, one of your your famous uh, characters from from Full Frontal and the McAuliffe program. Um, you, okay, you... Uh, what are you trying to say? To I'm, yeah, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to work out how to get into it. Okay, so when I was in high school, yes. uh, a group of my friends were, went to St. Kevin's. And when we were in high school, uh, you were coming in to give us a talk at assembly, yeah. I believe. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. they were all very excited because we we're all, you know, big fans of your work. And I remember them telling me for the week leading up to your appearance in class, they were all explicitly told... 
during at the end of Sean's speech, there's going to be a question and answer session. Do not ask him to do Milo Kerrigan. <laughs> do not embarrass the school by putting your hand up and having this great opportunity to talk to someone who's you know very good at what he does and go do one of your little characters. And then I believe that someone just did it anyway. Yeah, well, that's a plant. I asked them to do it. <laughs> oh, right. Like, I got no finish to my act, you know. Right, right. Do one of the old characters. And I wasn't sure if that was a thing where you had, like, put that in part of your terms and conditions of coming into the school. You no, know, I, like... I, I, look, I, I don't mind. I'm often asked to do that, which is strange because, to me, it's it's the least interesting thing I've ever done <laughs> in my life. In fact, the, the character, for those of you listening who don't know or don't remember, the, um, Probably don't know. Uh, there was a character who who was a punch drunk boxer on on a show called <laughs> Full Frontal, who you just couldn't understand what he what he was saying. And the reason that we came up with that character was because we'd have to write a news skit every week to kill three to five minutes on the show, and we were just down a, about a minute and a half of material. <laughs> so we just basically filled it with. Folder all just nonsense. Gibberish. <laughs> gibberish. That yeah, was right. It. That was it. So they, he was just a device, a, you know, delivery device, a delivery system for um, a bit of time filler. Yeah. Basically. But I saw you, uh, we did a, a, a stand up gig together a couple of weeks ago. We did. And you, and you yes. brought it out to much I, I was revelry from I, I, the audience. I must say, I was the support act. Tommy was the was headlining. No, really? Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah you were the headline. Right. Oh, hang on. No, 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 you were the headline. Sammy J was the headline. I wasn't even on the poster. Sammy, Sammy J was the headline, but then you were on last. And you were the, and you were the, you were equal, equal top billing with Sammy J, I think, and I wasn't even on the poster. Uh, you know, right. it said free, you know, chips or something. Those are the people that, that may not have known you from talking about your generation. That's right. <laughs> so I was just a, I, I was a cameo, was a, a, you know, because I know Dave O'Neill. You know Dave O'Neill, yes. right? you, Tommy? Yes, friend of the show. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and he used to write, he, he and I started writing for Full Front at the same time. We were young men, you know, we had our future ahead of us. <laughs> And it was crushed by the reality of commercial television. <laughs> he did a, Dave did a great thing where uh, we were all talking before the gig and then he went, oh, I just, just got to go get something from the car and disappeared for about 15 minutes and then re-emerged wearing a McAuliffe program cap That's right. that he'd found in the boot of his car. Well, I don't know whether he found, he might have woven it in the car. He was well, that, away that, so long. Yeah, that is, that is an unknown thing about him. If you go on his IMDb, that's the, one of the things in his trivia section. But on the night, someone did, I think someone did ask me to do Milo Kerrigan. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, is that, was that where you were leading? I mean, uh, I'm trying the reason to... he brought this all up is, <laughs> could you please bust out a little bit of Con the Fruiterer? Is that, is that, is that sure, possible? Sure, okay. What about Milo Kerrigan doing Con the Fruiterer? <laughs> okay, here we go. <clears throat> Couple of dollars. <laughs> oh, there's two stars shattering together, <laughs> creating a third star. Wow, that's real poetry, that is. <laughs> that's going to be a ringtone by the end of this show. That is, a, that is the sweetest mashup I've ever heard. Yeah. I don't know who should be more offended. <laughs> Me or Mark Mitchell. The double act that the country's been waiting for. Yeah. I've never met Mark. I, I, I've, his entry is from a different world. You know, he was one of these guys that used to just be on television. You know, yeah. And he yeah. would do his Burt Newton. I mean, sort of more admired his Burt Newton impression than... Than Con, I never quite understood the the appeal of the you frenzied may know appeal him of Con. As Con the Fruiter, right? Yeah, yeah, I never never really? quite his got it. His Newton was a lot like his Daryl Summers, though. That's what I, I thought. They were all a little yeah. bit the same. <laughs> well, I say Mark himself is a little like. Bert, when you meet him, he's sort of very genial. And he's very very similar to him. He still does Con the Fruiter all the time. I've just realised that. Oh, actually, the last time I saw that Con the, an official Con the Fruiter reference, you know, i.e. not not a tag, not a bootleg some other joke. reference. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> official, endorsed, and authorised. <laughs> the watermark down the middle was was at a service station <laughs> where I think you know there's those sort of bags of wood, yeah, sold, yeah. those firewood bags. I think Con was somehow linked to endorsing those. <laughs> what? Fire starters. Yeah, I couldn't. I don't get the connection. Oh, not at the servo, but just... Yeah, uh, no, no, there was, it, like, in-store advertising. So it would be... Somehow his image was uh, fixed to these plastic oh, bags right, right. full of sweaty logs. My friend uh, Pat works at a fruit shop in Kew, and he was telling me uh, maybe about a, oh, a bit over a year ago now, um, Con the Fruiter came and made an appearance at the fruit shop, and he was saying, like... It was like a scheduled plan thing. Oh, it was see, like a, right. a, a promo thing. Paid appearance, presumably. Pra paid appearance, yeah, yeah. It wasn't just... Hopefully. He doesn't, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just picturing him getting in, just knowing that he's got to go do his groceries and like putting the costume on, <laughs> yeah, being like, oh, do. they'll love it. Yeah, I'll just pop out anywhere, like a drive-by conning. <laughs> pop out. Maybe if he dressed up like that, like the, the green grocers wouldn't be able to fool him. Like they'd have to give him the good gear because it's like, oh, it's gone the fruit or we better get out the good apples. <laughs> yeah, and he was saying it was just like bedlam in the, in the fruit what? store before... What? Like, they were all so they, excited. Oh, they wanted to see him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right.
There's a lot of people running away. Yeah, yeah. No, it was like, and he uh, he commits to the character. He would not. Is that right? He, he was he was there for a few hours and he didn't drop it. It's a bit like Andy Kaufman, is it? Like Andy Kaufman, uh, very comparable. Very taking taking on his. What was that character he, he used to play? Andy Kaufman, probably not known to your listeners, but Andy Kaufman, a wonderful, uh, very smart listener, Sean. Yeah, very. Yeah. Oh, of course. Well, they can they probably sit next to the computer. They can just just uh, Google. Andy Kaufman, I just let him do Full it. Full disclosure, our listeners are us, and we know who we are. So 100% <laughs> okay, well, of our listeners know who he is. You know who I'm talking about. Yes. What this that, this is that? coming from a man, to be honest, if I can say this, is coming from a man that just asked us how to turn his phone off and instead just took the battery out of it. Rather <laughs> well, I don't know how to do it. How do you do it? There's no button that says off. I don't, I don't know how to do it. Is this red button? Would that be what I'd press to turn it off? I reckon. Generally. I reckon. See, this is not my phone. I, I, uh, I dropped my phone in the ocean, and this was given to me as a replacement. And I, I, when I got the phone, I thought, oh, great, you know, a new phone. I've got to come to terms with that. And you know, I don't like screens on my phone. I don't need a screen on my phone. And but I, I was looking, you know, through it, trying to put some old some old numbers in there. And uh, there was a whole lot of text uh, and a text exchange between a husband and wife. She had a gambling from the problem. old phone. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yes. I ran through the whole thing. It was like almost a year's worth of conversations, which it was like a book. You know, so I'm reading, and they were happy and everything. I think there was a kid between them, and. Uh, and she, she's, you know, saying, I'm going to be home late. And, you know, oh, I was so sorry, darling. And she had a gambling problem. And he was, <gasps> he was saying, you know, you know, texting back, or well, we don't have enough money to spend. You know, you, where are you? Where are you? <laughs> and then eventually she said, I, I can't do this to you anymore. Um, I've wow. got to go. I can't. Bye-bye. Uh, and that was the end. And I guess at the end of the relationship, I guess the phone was too much for her. <laughs> to, it was a reminder constantly. You've got a haunted phone. Yeah, so I, had, I just deleted them all. I felt dirty, you know, That's, having it on yeah. there. I just felt like bad luck. <laughs> You've clearly read them all first. Yeah, I read them all first. <laughs> I've got to know what I'm deleting. It could be something really important. What if, you know, what if there was a murder? Sure. In missile, evidence on the phone. Missile codes in there. Could be anything in there. You're right, but but it struck me as an odd conversation to have over the space of a year via text. Yeah, yeah. wouldn't that? Wouldn't you want to sit down and maybe <laughs> thrash that one out? Well, Gen Y. Yeah, maybe they didn't even meet. Yeah, know each yeah. Other. I have that sometimes when uh, you know the phone that I'm currently using will break, and so I'll go back and find an old phone from you know years ago just to you know just to use in the interim that's until what I get I want. fixed that's yeah. what I want I don't want that as an interim thing I want that I just want the, old my, phone. the original old phone right. I had that's what I want uh, what, what, what was it it was a, a Nokia oh, uh, a, a dark blue 3200 yeah, it was the original one. You yeah. know? It had a tiny little screen about the size of uh, my nail. Black and white? Yeah, uh, no, it was slightly blue. It was certainly no. What do you mean? What do you mean black like and not, white? Like not, not a colour, not a flashy oh, colour God, no. screen. Yeah. God, no. No, it had oh, a sort of green, green, a green screen. No and Pokemon sort of, yeah. stickers. No, nothing like that. No. Just, just like Casio numbers. You know? I know exactly well, I the model that. you're talking Have about. you got it? I would like. It's no. such a weird thing to be nostalgic about. No, it? that's <laughs> an early model Nokia. I don't like all this other stuff. You know, you buy a new phone or you're forced to get one because of some plan you're on and it's got a whole lot of another. It's got cameras. You know, you can get a phone with a camera in it now. Oh, who really? likes Who likes good stuff? I don't that's want stuff horrible. like that and apps and things. I don't want to know about that. I just want a <laughs> damn phone that's light and you can ring people on. But Sean, how are you going to take photos at the train museum if you don't have a phone? A camera well, phone? you know, I've seen people urinating on seats before. <laughs> I don't need the constant memory of it. So when you drop your phone in the ocean, yes. did you lose it in the ocean? Is it still in the ocean? No, somewhere? Fizz, no, no. I retrieved it from the ocean. It was only God. I was only. I wasn't like. I, it sounds more romantic than. It was. I mean, it sounds like I was on a, on a yacht, you know, like with the a, wind blowing in my hair, yeah, yeah. like a Viking or something, and I'm on the phone, you know, via satellite, and uh, and then I dropped it in the ocean and I dived in after it. No, I was ankle deep, you know, with a knotted hanky on my head, walking along, you know, with a metal detector, and I <laughs> was ringing my wife saying I'd found, you know, a yeah. few coins, a doubloon or something, and I just dropped it in there. So it's, oh, it's, yeah, it was, and it you, fizzed. You keep making it the way you saying I dropped it makes it sound like it was deliberate. No, I love that phone. I, I would, uh, and it worked. You know, it gave me hope. It had a heartbeat for a couple of days, and then obviously it sort of no oxidized that. No, what? What do you mean? No, no, no texts. No. Well, that's the show. No, when well, you said that, numbers I, on there. I had Bert Newton's phone number on. There. Oh, really? Bert Newton's was it, phone number. Was Andrew it his? Denton's phone number. Or was it Mark Mitchell doing no. Bert Newton? No, who knows? Who cares? Lost, <laughs> lost to the to the briny deep. Yeah. Now I can't contact these people. My career's have come to a standstill. <laughs> Hence, you're on this show. How are you yeah. going to get on twenty to one? Um, well, yeah, all I can do is contact that lady, you know, with a gambling problem. <laughs> She's not going to be good for my career. <laughs> That's what I wondered if you'd, if you'd dropped it and you'd lost it and maybe it was like a message in a bottle that someone could find Sean McCullough's phone and then go through and find their own gambling sort of uh, paper trail, like a, maybe a, a, some sort of long message no, with Josh Thomas, for example, or something. 
No, I see. I don't text. Oh, really? No, I can't do it. It's it's boring and annoying. You are properly old school. I just ring. Well, old. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's quite sad, really. But you know, I uh, I, I I'm I'm getting better. You know, I sometimes uh, you know, I sometimes illegally. Download something. Whoa! Like, oh, hang li- on. LimeWire. Turn the mi- <laughs> Napster. <laughs> Turn yeah. the mics off. Shit just got real. Yeah, edit that out, will you? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. But but having said that, you downloaded the Gold Rush with Charlie Chaplin. So <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. I'm I'm hardly going to be pursued by the estate, <laughs> by the estate. Of, <laughs> estate of Chaplin. <laughs> now, Sean, uh, we mentioned uh, talking about your generation uh, earlier yes. at the start of the show. Um, I don't think I've talked about this on the show, but I I, I was a writer on that show for one season. You that's... were, and it came up as a good idea, and also like an ideas man. Yes, know, like, yes. That's, that's uh, as well as writing. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Well, let's be clear, not... Not after the season. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was season. so good that they didn't come back. <laughs> You're making everyone else look bad. It's just we, we've got to protect everyone's feelings here. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't have, tend to have those sort of uh, meetings anymore after the first year. Once they, you know, got what they wanted from you. Yeah, yeah. that was it. That was yeah. it for you and a I bunch was, of other people. I was ushered on. Yeah. Um, did you enjoy your time with the show? I did enjoy my time a lot. I had a great time, and that's what I wanted to talk about because I uh, that was the first time I met you, and mm-hmm. that was uh, that was very exciting for me. But I, I, I wanted to talk to you about this because maybe I'm remembering this correctly but this is my interpretation of it because we would have these uh we would have these big ideas meetings where we would kick around you know ideas for games and stuff on the show sure and we got uh, we used to have buns they'd bring buns they did in. they <laughs> bought in from the expensive bakery down the road yeah. that was a that was a good day yeah. um and every now like you, you were not present at all of them but you were present at a you know at a fair percentage of them and you it was always very fun when you would come in because it, you know, we'd all muck around a bit more and, you know... He'd, he'd do his con the fruit, right? Try, yeah, try and make each other laugh. And I remember there were things where you would throw out ideas for, like, end games and stuff where it was like you would say something like, what about if at the end one of the challenges is who can carve the best ice sculpture? And so we'll bring in big blocks of ice and all the contestants have a chainsaw. And I would be laughing a lot because I just thought that's so funny and so ridiculous. But then the producers would be there taking notes and kind of and sort of taking it at face value. And then the next time we'd have a meeting, they'd be going, yeah, so we've, we've inquired about the blocks of ice and we're getting the chainsaws licensed, so it's going to be good. So it's looking like it had happened. And I would see this look on your face that made me think that you had not been putting that forward as an 100% serious <laughs> suggestion for a show like you had been you know, being funny and whatever and just sort of forgetting that you're at Channel 10 and that they have the budget to actually make stuff like that happen. Yeah. Am I interpreting that correctly? Tommy, like... Tommy you're pretty much spot on there. Because <laughs> there were a number of conversations that were had at those meetings, which, you know, were sort of just for us, really. Yeah, yeah. And it was... Uh... It was like, in fact, and as you know, we ended up doing an episode uh, <laughs> the where we had sculptures. The ice sculptures. Yeah. I think there was a few that didn't. You know, I think at one point there was going to be everybody was going to be dressed, you know, only in sausages and playing darts <laughs> or something like yeah. that. That never happened. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, most of the other ones did. But I, 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 in the end, I mean, that was, uh, of course, you know, the the second year and the third year were getting stranger and stranger. Yeah. And, and, uh, Suddenly you're in a different – the end challenges are taking place in a different warehouse on the other side of town. And yeah, yeah. Was well, there one where someone – moving house yeah, we was did, one? Yeah, we did moving house. And, in fact, there's a, there's a few – because we were coming back, we're doing another eight. And the first episode back, it's uh, which generation is best at raising a barn. <laughs> so, so you've got everybody dressed up as Amish people and then <laughs> – Raising a bar. Now that just that strikes me as just a funny thing to do, and I, you know, you're not going to see that on Good News Week. Yeah, absolutely. Is this Specs? maybe how Tommy got hired? Someone was just having a bit of a joke. Yeah, let's employ Tommy Daslow oh, on the show. I see. I see. <laughs> oh, serious. he's here. Oh, classic McAuliffe. Oh, we're taking notes. Yeah, we're getting him in. Um, it's a very rare thing, though, to have. Uh, you know, and again, the last episode is uh, is it was a science fiction theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, Originally, they were going to do it set in the future. Remember, we had this discussion with us. Now, let's set it in the future because we've done one set in the past. We mm-hmm. did old, old school television. Let's, let's set it in the future. I thought, oh, that'd be interesting. Nice way to you know, end the series for this year. Um, and uh, and uh, so they said, oh, you know, and everyone can dress up and, uh, and Generation X can be uh, Star Wars. And, uh, you know, all the nerds in the room, Stephen Hall and Michael Ward, and they were going, <laughs> okay. well, actually, technically, the Star Wars set in the past. It was a long, long, you know, many, many years ago. It's, it's not, not, not a future situation there. So they changed it to science fiction. They said, they said, oh, what's the end game for the science fiction? I said, oh, what about repairing a satellite? <laughs> 
you know, it was one of these uh, next, ice sculpture And everyone laughs, next meeting. So we've got NASA lined up. They're <laughs> so, ready to go. Well, they've got, they've got people on wires uh, floating around <laughs> putting the antenna and dish on a satellite. You know, it's fantastic. I, I threw out a similar one. Uh, just, very that, quickly, just with that future theme, can you do this for me? Can you please pull up Amanda Keller at some stage when you next record for all the things that haven't happened from beyond 2000? Because, I, you know, I thought by now we'd have Rosie the Robot, you yeah. know, fetching me my cordial instead right. of me having to walk to the kitchen myself. And who, who is responsible if not her? Exactly. For these things not coming she to She's the soothsayer from that show. She uh, lured us into thinking that yeah. this, the future would be bright. An easy life. And here we are having to talk ourselves into these microphones. This yeah. Is, yeah, this is it's boring, isn't it? I mean, you physically yeah, this, come in. This show should just record itself yeah. by now, surely. Yeah, well, you should be. Shouldn't you be speaking directly into the brains of the people you know, <laughs> listening to you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, I mean, what, what am I talking about talking? What a waste of time that yeah, is. Yeah. Thinking. You should yeah, be thinking yeah. directly into the brains of people. Communicating via text. They'd Keller. They'd love it here. Bloody you know? Keller. They could get rid of these studios, you know, <laughs> put in apartments. Yeah, yeah. everyone wins. Yeah, I'll speak to Keller about that. Yeah, You're quite right. Do. Get onto it. On the um, yeah, on the ridiculous suggestion thing, I don't, I can't, I don't know if this actually ended up happening or not. But I had a similar thing where early days in the ideas meetings, I thought it'd be funny if there was an episode where all the guests were puppets. So like, there'd be a different puppet. Yeah. From every from every uh, thing. The, the did, guess. That was good. That was did, a good suggestion. Did that end up happening? Because <laughs> yeah. well, that was the thing. Because I threw it out, going, "How dumb would this be?" And then next meeting, it was like, "Yeah, so this is looking like it's going to happen." Yeah, which was well, joyous. That, was what you said. That sounds like a really good idea. Make sure Daslo doesn't last <laughs> after this season. Well, the funny thing was, well, if you were that first year, the first episode of the second year. Uh-huh. Uh, featured Basil Brush. That's right, yes. Now, now, the original idea was to have, as you suggested, a guest. our guest would be a, a famous puppet from each generation. So it would be mm. Basil Brush, Baby Boomers, probably Agro, I Agro, think. Agro, yeah, yeah. It's going to be Generation X. And I think Gen Y was going to be, I, can't, I cannot now remember, maybe one of the... Uh, one of the Ferrells or something yeah, from the ABC would yeah. be a good or one. Or Mixie or something. Oh, yeah. Mixie's might be a bit older. But anyway, no, Mixie's from the Ferrells. That'd, that'd be Gen Y, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. She had her own show, uh, Mixie. Yes, no, don't you think it was a little rough calling a naming a rabbit after mixing a toast? <laughs> I have done stand up about this, yeah, because I ne- right? I never picked it until when I was watching it. I never picked it, and then it wasn't until about four years ago that someone said, "You know, it was named after myxomatosis, the disease that kills rabbits." Like, <laughs> well, is is the original Latin derivation of the of the disease name come from rabbit? Does it? I don't um, know. Maybe that's more likely maybe, an explanation. Oh, right. That ruins yeah. your stand up piece. Maybe the it. <laughs> that wasn't that good to begin with. Maybe I don't think the, it is actually because I think I that's think why rabbit... people didn't laugh at it because they knew the Latin. Oh. I think rabbit is lepus anyway, L-E-P-U-S. I think that's Latin for I rabbit. I studied Latin at school, so I should know I this. think that's right. I think, I think, and I'm only going because I remember a monster movie called Night of the Lepus, <laughs> which was a giant rabbit story. Right. But, but, and that's Did you illegally it. download that? Uh, no, I think, I, I, think I, I watched that. In the days before you could tape anything, you'd stay up to 2 o'clock in the morning to watch the television shows that came on. Not oh. like now. Not like now where you can simply, you know, have it sent to you via no DVD. No one watches anything. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, Amanda no Keller was right about that one. Everyone right. Yeah, exactly. No one does watch anything. They all buy the things. They buy the all five seasons of Deadwood and then they just sit there in the blister packets being unopened because yep. there's no time to watch them. That's, you, you've, I actually have had all of Deadwood for about four years now yeah. and I'm yet to watch an episode. It's ridiculous. Yeah. What's the point of What are people doing? They're on the internet ordering things and not watching them <laughs> when they arrive. It's a goddamn disgrace. Um, hey, you know what I discovered recently? This, mm-hmm. is, this is me embracing the... Uh, the last century, uh, towards the end of it anyway, is my son, who's 13, managed to hook up our television to uh, the internet somehow. Oh. Why is the Wi-Fi? Is that how you work it? Uh, it... Yes. Yep. Yeah. So, so he presses the Netlink button and we, I can watch documentaries from that are on YouTube on the television. It's They're fantastic. Yeah. Who needs television? Who needs commercial television or indeed any sort of free-to-air television? <laughs> Who needs satellite television? You don't need it. You don't need it. Look at you. You don't need radio. You don't need radio. You speak to your audience, uh, you know, through a different means. You know, you could watch this stuff if you got yourself an iPhone rather than a... Uh, this is turning into I, I don't want an iPhone. I, my, my wife's very keen that I have an iPhone. So I said, why? Why do I need an iPhone? She said, you might want to check your emails when you're overseas. That's that. Would that would, that's not a motivation to, yeah. to buy. An, I can just check it's, it in the hotel, can't I? I can go to a hotel and say, "Can I just check my emails?" Oh, maybe you I don't need an iPhone. Maybe you want to be off the grid. No, I want that three twenty, whatever that negative seven version of the Nokia. That's what I want. We should just throw <laughs> all that shit into the ocean and be done with it. What do we need? What do we need a mobile? Why don't we go back to the old one where you crank it? 
on the wall, you know, where you had it, where you, where, that's what hang up means. You hang up on someone it means you put the, the, you put the receiver up onto the hook. That's I don't what ever it feel means. like you've come onto this show with some kind of agenda. No, I To well, sort of incite civil uprest. My God, my gears are grinding over this topic. And also dial tone. No one knows it. My son doesn't know what a dial tone is. He's always, I call it a dial tone. I said, well, in the old days, they, they the phones had dials. That's well, why. that's the weird you, you can't hang up on anyone dramatically anymore. You you've got to you, chuck your phone yeah. in the ocean now well, if you have an argument with <laughs> the phones are so small, if you're hanging up on somebody, you've got to use your smallest, you know, your pinky finger to press the red button. And you can't do that in anger. You've got to, you need some sort of, you know, measure of this, control. This is what annoys me about phones. My um, friends, uh, a lot of my friends that I grew up with, tend to do what we call um, uh, American phone talking, which is saying, um, oh, so where are you going to be tonight? I'm going to be at the pub. Okay, click. And it's like... Like oh, on American shows where they never say hello or goodbye. <laughs> yeah, they yes. just there's just that middle bit of conversation, and yeah, I'm still yeah. going. Okay, I'll see. Click, bing, bing, beep, beep, beep. Oh, oh, bye, mate. See ya. I remember and, when I was never do any the the, the nice little. That's interesting. So so the, the the level of conversation that takes place uh, over the phone now is a bit similar to what you do, like if you're in the car with somebody. It's like they can see you and they know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They know you're still there, and they can ring you back in a minute to continue the conversation yeah. or ask you another question. Yes, yes, that yes. is very interesting. It's very weird because they start mid-conversation. I'll pick up the phone. And they're like, "Yeah, yeah." So we're going there. And I'm like, "Who is this?" Yeah, yeah. What's the erosion of the civility and politeness that uh, <laughs> yeah. sustains this country? On that, you know, that, that thing about that being a TV cliche of just picking up and starting conversation midway through. I always used to be fascinated when I was at school when you would watch shows that are set in a school where. They'd be the teacher would be midway through going anyway this calculus thing and then the bell would ring yep. and everyone all the students just get up and walk <laughs> yeah. out and the teachers there going don't don't forget that on Thursday we've got like I remember thinking like is that just how school runs in America like you, as soon as the bell goes just five like, second classes yeah it's yeah. just on I remember trying to start it once like the bell went and I just went yep well <laughs> come on guys you don't have to be here anymore and the teacher just going where are you going and me going yeah oh, you're not into Grassy High mate sit down yeah exactly it'll be interesting to check out the school system over there and see whether that's so. That's an excellent... You can get funding for that. That'd be a good documentary. That would be a good documentary. The Little Dum Dum Club Goes Back to School. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You could watch that on your on your TV off YouTube. I could watch that on my phone. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I've, I've had well, my phone... you could text someone about it anyway. Yeah. I've had my phone uh, disconnected because uh, I forgot to pay my bill. That's not a policy that you've got. That's just something that's happened. Well, yes. Yeah, no, no, you're no. making it sound like uh, I decided to by... Well, I decided to not pay my bill. Well, sure. <laughs> why? Why is that? You did. You must like your phone. You. You need your phone. Uh, look. Why com- do you pay your combination bill? Combination of laziness, uh, incompetence, uh, mm. low income. Right. These are all factors. Okay. Um, so that's it. You're not. You whether are you a better person for not having your phone? Um, I, but that's the thing. Like, so that's gone, and also our internet at home isn't working at the moment. So I'm just in this thing where this is such a horrible Gen Y cliche, but. I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what people did, like, without that stuff. Like, I got home yesterday. I had no phone. I had no internet. And I was sitting in my house. I had an hour before I was going out. I was like, what do I do? I couldn't think of, I couldn't, I couldn't think of how to entertain myself. Have you got now. a piano? You know what I did? Have the, you got a piano? No, that's the, what people did, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, they played piano. What have you got? Uh, do you draw? What do you draw, draw I, a picture? I know, I know this now, but at the time I was so just in the haze of it. You know what I did? And this is not to, like, this is going to sound like a boast. I just did push-ups for an hour. That was the only thing I could think to do. Was I was like, I'll just sit in my room and do some push-ups. That's a good thing to do. That's good for that's my health good use and whatever. Of your time. Yeah, that's fine. Well, you know, <laughs> in the old days, we well, you know this is the old guy. I've been around a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like 15 or something like that. We we got a phone, but you don't use the phone, you know, unless you ask permission of your parents, and yeah, it's not something that you. You would pick up. I would never pick up and ring anybody. Mm-hmm. You, you, you need to ask permission of your parents to watch the television. Yep. That's, this is how it was in the old days. So I'd go for a walk, and I'd go and uh, knock on my friend's door down the street, and then we'd go, we, we would uh, listen to his crystal set in his bedroom. <laughs> you know a crystal set? You build a crystal set? No. Why don't you do that in your downtime <laughs> after you I finish your push-up? Yeah, I've got yeah. <laughs> to find out what that is first. You don't know what a crystal set is? No. You're working in radio now, aren't you? Yeah. Sort of. I guess, yeah. Kind of. Yeah. It's like Radio Meccano, isn't it? It is. You get yeah. a little. You get salt crystals, 
and they, and they receive the radio waves. Right. And you can listen to the radio on a, on a small device that you've built up with a couple of wires and some salt crystals and a battery. But I've got an iPod that I have to sync with my computer and I have to do that myself by clicking a few buttons. Is that kind, That's kind of the same thing. Yeah, there's no USB outlet or inlet or whatever it is in a, in a crystal set. You well, can't you get back that. to me when there is and maybe I'll look into yeah, it. And it's only got a range of about, you know, 300 metres. <laughs> Well, it's pirate you're, radio. It you're is. very nostalgic about a lot of things that seem a bit shit. <laughs> well, isn't that the nature of nostalgia, though? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, yeah we look at look at put a gloss on everything. You know, when you guys are like 50, you'll be looking back on this like it was good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he smashed this. Um, <laughs> so we're talking Gen Y stuff, and uh, and and this this is something that I wanted to run by you. Then this will be the first time that I've done this in a public forum. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you, you, uh, one of your famous characters from Full Frontal, of course, uh, the great Fabio mm-hmm. was, uh, was uh, something that I grew up watching and was a big fan of. Now I have been told that I do a pretty decent Josh Thomas. Oh, and I figured, you know, you, you work with him, sure. you, you, you would spend, you know, a fair bit of time with him. Yeah. I'm not, so, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you're pulling back saying he's a friend of mine. <laughs> But yes, I, he's a work associate. He's an acquaintance. Him. He's sure. a colleague. Is he yeah. on your phone? Is, have you got him in your phone? Uh, John, yeah, I do. I do have Josh Thomas on, right. uh, on uh, he's in my phone book on this phone. Oh, we should call Have him. you ever texted? Have no, texted he texted him? me accidentally once. He, uh, he, he <laughs> oh, came, came really? to us accidentally. Yeah, I got this, you know, the phone made a noise uh, because I have, my, my phone ring is uh, Charlton Heston yelling, soil and green as people. <laughs> <laughs> so that. That hearing that at three o'clock in the morning, waking up to that three o'clock in the morning, that's concerning. You know? yeah. So there's a message from Josh, and I, I look up. Oh, this will be interesting at three in the morning. Yeah, right? sh- what's Josh Thomas sending here? Well, he said, "I'm at the club. You know, I'll see you there." And he, well, whatever the club was called, I don't know what it was, Hellfire Club or something. <laughs> and uh, I, of course, you know, ignored it completely. And then, and then, and two minutes later, another you know, soil and greenest people sounds. And, <laughs> By this time, uh, this stage, I'm assuming it's Josh again. And you're so. annoyed because you've got to get up early and work on your bloody ham radio or whatever you're doing. <laughs> oh, breaker, breaker. Ham radio, salted ham radio. <laughs> so I knew it was Josh, so I just ignored it. You know. <laughs> but in the morning, he was apologising because he, I'm apparently next to somebody else in his predictive text had finished my name off, and it was a right. friend called Shane or Sean something. Connery. Sean Connery. Yeah. Sean Connery. Yeah. yeah, so I certainly wasn't... Well, it's, well, it was a good thing I didn't go to the club. <laughs> Wouldn't he have been surprised and slightly disappointed? If I turned up. At the Hellfire Club with your chaps and leathers yeah. and whatever. Yeah, sure. Gimp mask. <laughs> so can I can I run my oh, yeah. my Josh Thomas yeah, pass and just get a bit of feedback? Sure. Oh, I'm really nervous now. Um <laughs> it's been a while since I've done it. <clears throat> um yeah. Hey Sean. Yeah. yeah. Is that okay? I do more than that. That's but that's do that's it. It's just that. you gotta have a lot of years in there. No, say more than that. No, well Josh is very he doesn't talk much. That's yeah. pretty that's, uh, that's pretty much. How about, his contribution how about this? Send him an audio text. Say the say what what the text No, how about this? Before. How about if you well, if we do like it's a it's an episode of All right, Tay. Sure. All right. So throw a question at me. Uh, okay, Josh. Uh, in uh, nineteen seventy three uh, there were a number of Smoking the Bandit films. Which one didn't star Burt Reynolds? Was it A, Smoking the Bandit, B, Smoking the Bandit Rides Again, or C, Smokey is the Bandit? Uh, who, who's Burt Reynolds? Is he like a... I, I don't even know who that is. That is the yeah. worst Josh Thomas. No, it's, That's no, terrible. You sound like no, Pee Wee Herman. I'm, <laughs> I'm under pressure. So no, no, you've got you to put the voice at the back of your uvula. Oh, what? Okay, uh, like, put it like, put it up that, like that. Oh, yeah, mask. okay. So, so, so Josh's standard answer to yeah. most things is, uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, you've smashed me. I don't know. No, so that's, up, that sounds there. like Dave Allen. That's... <laughs> Dave Allen? Yeah. You remember Dave Allen? Yes. How do you know who Dave Allen I is? I grew up watching, my dad was a big fan of Dave is Allen. Is that right? You know, yeah. he started his career, his television career, Dave Allen, in Australia. Oh yeah, that's right. He had a Tonight it, it, Show. Tonight Show in he? Sydney. Yeah, this is in the years in the years when Australian television had Tonight Shows, and they they would employ um, people from overseas. They wouldn't employ local people <laughs> at all. They would say Dave Allen was doing it uh, in uh, in Sydney, and then they got then they got they, so they had a number of like quiz shows and panel so shows. So Dave Allen was a very famous Irish comedian. Let's, yeah, yeah, but he that. he was he wasn't as famous as he was in Australia. Right back, back home, you know? right like a Jamaican. Yeah, a bit like that. A yep. bit like that. He sort of pretty much lived here and had his Tonight Show, and then you know Don Lane took over uh, his position. Yeah, you know, so you got to get a yank, and then, and so Graham Kennedy, who was really the first Australian 
uh, to have a you know variety show to front it to you know, hear our voice. Isn't that interesting? How it took how how we were so scared about hiring people who had an Australian accent. Um, like when they brought uh, I've never seen it, but I've always wanted to see it. When they brought Are You Being Served Down Under? Yes, <laughs> and Shane Bourne was on it. Shane Bourne, <laughs> Shane Bourne was on it, and yes, yeah, so, so, how? <laughs> hey, so the only the only uh, yes, it was John Inman was the only. Uh, oh, was he the only he one? He was the only one. Uh, so he came in. He would do you know pretty much the same scripts. I think. Wow, is that free? If they brought that. that down now, who would be the Australian cast? Like you'd have to get all the the cast. Josh would be on. Josh should be on. Josh should be. Josh would be Mr. Humphreys. Would he? He'd be. He'd be an offsider, maybe. Maybe he'd be the Apprentice. Yeah, I look. I, I'd be. I'd be putting up my hand for old Mr. Grace. No, young Mr. Grace. Oh yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I'll young Mr. Grace. So I don't have much work. I just come in, you know, every second episode at the end, and say, "You've all done very well," <laughs> and then get off. <laughs> that was shocking. June Bronhill played Mrs. Slocum. Oh, really? June Bronhill was a like an opera singer uh-huh. uh, and, and an actress, and she played Miss. Yeah, you know, I can't remember who else was in it. And it was exactly the same. The set was exactly the same, even though it was called called you know a being served down under. There yeah. was no appreciable difference. I don't think it was necessarily set in. No kangaroos bouncing past the window. No, it was it was, it was a, a copy. And they did Father Dear Father down under as well. Father Dear Father. Do you remember that show? No. Patrick no. Cargill. He had two nieces. One of them in Australia was played by Sigrid Thornton. Oh, yeah. oh she should have got a Guernsey. What, Bruce Spence, was he on Are You Being Served Down Under, maybe? Or, uh... I don't. I, look, I, I have very little memory of it. I have very little, apart from the fact Shane was in it. It must be out there somewhere. It must be on YouTube or something, surely, oh. maybe. I don't know. Let's, Hopefully. Uh, all right, let's finish up. Look it up on your phone. Look it up on your phone, Sean. I've got to put the battery back in. On the, <laughs> How do you on... turn it off? <laughs> <laughs> on, the, on the Shane Bourne thing, uh last a uh, couple of weeks ago after we did uh, the show with Adam Richard, he was telling us a great story where there had been, um, when he was uh, doing the breakfast, well, one time when he was doing the breakfast show on Fox, uh, what, Shane Warne was in the news for, you know, for one of his big uh, texting things and he wouldn't really, you know, it was hard to get an interview with him and the producer comes in and goes, goes we got him, we got an interview with Warney this morning, we got Shane Warne on the phone, we're going to talk to him. This is an exclusive. No one else has got this. This is amazing. How good is this going to be? So anyway, they get on the air and they go, okay, here he is, Shane Warne. What's going on with the texting? And they just see, ha-ha, <laughs> morning thrill seekers. <laughs> like, oh, dear. Oh, dear. Well, yes, yes. So was that producer still, you know, looking after Matt and Joe? God, I wouldn't know. Um, yeah. Just having dinner with Liz Hurley. <laughs> yeah, I'd love it if I'd love it if Borny hadn't cracked on. Do you know what? I, like if he hadn't worked out that it was a case of mistaken identity, and he just he just rolled with it. Been yeah. a bit perplexed about the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, you you're a guy who's got uh, you've got a, a you know a big uh, catalogue of different characters and stuff that you've done. Is there anything? You seem like a guy who you would have had uh, at various stages. Um, different projects with your characters and stuff that maybe didn't come to fruition. Is there anything? Is there anything in the archives that nearly oh. happened that didn't quite happen? Or? Yeah, I love you know. It's there's more stuff that didn't happen that did than did. Um, I'm just trying to think. Uh, yeah, we did. We actually pitched a, a Milo Kerrigan movie. Oh, to, oh uh, that is so what I wanted to hear. Channel Seven. <laughs> this is years ago, and we, we had we did it was, we pitched a Milo Kerrigan movie, a David McGann movie. David McGann was yep. a, was a, like a played a secret agent, and he was just terrible at it. We pitched that. <laughs> We pitched that, and then Austin Powers came out. Oh, we can't do that now because it just looks like a bit of a ripoff yeah. of Austin Powers in a, in a couple of ways. So we didn't worry about that. The Milo one was <laughs> Milo was a bit strange. It was a bit like misery because there was somebody from the uh, Australian Institute of Sport and had a car accident. You know, was out out sort of signing up young kids to you know come and join the Australian Institute of Sport, and drove off a cliff and uh, woke up in the in this farmhouse. <laughs> And, uh, you know, she's recovering the phone, smashed and everything. So you can't contact anybody. And there's this sort of Boo Radley type has found her and taken her back and, you know, undressed her and put her in pyjamas and just looking after her, basically. And it's, uh, it's Milo and his mother. His mother's looking after her. And he's, right. he's out shifting cows in the field. And, you know, she discovers this... this <laughs> You know, boxer basically. Yeah, you know, he's really good. But so, um, just to be clear, this didn't get up. No, didn't get up. No. Can't understand why. <laughs> Great story. Uh, yeah, so I, I got to play two characters in this one. So I was playing Milo, and I also played the promoter. 
Right. Oh, I thought you were going to play your mum. That would have been... <laughs> oh, a bit of drag work. Yeah. Pitch that to Channel 9, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, they would just assume that I would be playing... Milo <laughs> Kerrigan to the clumps style. <laughs> yeah, yeah, could do that. Anyway, so that, so they, that, that was, that were, you know, followed the standard uh, plot line of those sorts of boxing films, a bit like Rocky, I suppose, a bit yeah. like Requiem for a heavyweight and, yeah. uh, you know, The Wrestler and that, those, the, those sorts of films that it, the idea actually predated uh, the wrestler obviously but it was you know it's the comeback it's come he's, he's the reason he's out there in the in the sticks uh <laughs> running a you know gymnasium for youth is because he killed a man you know, <laughs> who turns out not to have died you know it turns out to be the, the the promoter's father so the whole the whole thing is a fix basically this is a very heavy plot for a character that can't speak. Is, he, he sounds retarded. Yeah. Speak. That's yeah. why there's got to be so many other characters in it because if it was just mostly Milo, it'd be, it'd be in, pointless. Uh, gibberish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he comes to the big city. Oh, it's the second act now. He comes to the big city and he's staying in a hotel that's three stories high, and that's pretty impressive to him. <laughs> and he sees a, sees a mirror for the first time, that sort of stuff. You know, ringing his mother, saying there's a you know picture of himself on the wall. <laughs> So is this any chance, or is this is this on no, ice? No, on ice. It's in ice. In ice. Okay. <laughs> so it's like Disney. You know, you go to Orlando, Florida, and watch Disney on ice. You look very carefully into the ice, and you can see Walt <laughs> at the core, looking up. So this could be resuscitated, maybe no. thousands of years oh, into the future. Yeah, I suppose if a mosquito comes along and yep. takes out, you know, Michael Crichton style, takes out a little bit of the blood of. This Milo idea, you know, it's possible to build a Milo the movie park. Island, yeah. yeah. And it, Milo goes crazy and yeah. kills everyone. Yeah, sure. Awesome. Yeah, kills Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, good ideas. This might be a very obvious question. D- did you ever receive correspondence from The Real Fabio? Uh, the Real Fabio came to Australia to sell I Can't Believe It's Not Butter because he, <laughs> he was endorsing that particular product back yeah. in the uh, mid-90s. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was an opportunity for me to meet him and uh, and in character, so as him, meet him as him, and do something together. But I, at that point, I had this this really weird attitude to commercial, you know, advertising yeah. and stuff. And I said, well, no, I'm not going to not going to do it because it's for a product. I mean, I'm quite happy to do a sketch or something with him. Yeah. But as it turns out, I think that he he recently has taken over from the old Spice guy. You know, the that uh, oh yeah, those, oh, really? those online ads, those right. really yeah. good online ads yep. for, for old Spice. They got rid of that guy who was really funny, and they've got Fabio in there <laughs> doing it instead. But but it's sort of a bit like those old sketches. It's because right. it's a joke, and he's got you know really long hair and it, and and he's rolling around on a piano, and it's it's like the sketches. So it may well be that he's stolen that he's, my idea. Yeah, which... he's stolen himself. <laughs> stolen your idea that he's an idiot. From... <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's co-opted it. <laughs> You've just done a block of talking about your generation, and this is it for you now. Yeah, this is it for the for the year. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, you know, I've got some other things that we're uh, talking about at Channel Ten, which are you know going to happen. Can we talk about Absolutely. it? Well, there's a there's a there's a drama pro. I don't want to say too much because every time I say something like I, like about six months ago, I was talking about a variety show that Ten were really interested in. It was we were going to do that this year, and and it never happened, and I don't, it's not going to happen. So so I've got to be careful about what I. Get too excited about right. publicly. I mean, I'm happy to jump around the house and go, "Oh, fantastic! Look, we're doing this new drama." But um, you know, well, maybe things it, fall over. Things fall over. Maybe it could be like you know, with the Arrested Development movie, where it's like all the cast and writers are talking about it in interviews so much that it's kind of like it has to happen now because everyone's sort of spoken about it so much yeah. that like if it doesn't happen. Well, yeah, that's a good point. I, I but usually it's just me talking about it. And that, <laughs> I should realise when I look around and see no one else talking about it that maybe I'm out on my own. So, so we're the first to break the story. You are definitely making Ghostbusters 3. Is that what's <laughs> yeah, happening? Yeah. Actually, I hear they are doing that. Is that right? I don't know. I yeah, don't think I think so. they are. No, I think they are. Are they? I mean, most recently. Well, most Bill recent... Murray's got the same phone technique as you. He just doesn't have a proper one. No one can reach him. All right. Have well, to ring him in the ocean. Must be on then. Yeah. I, I can't a... imagine it'll work. I read an interview with, uh, with Bill Murray where he was saying that he was kind of keen and then they sort of said, oh, these two script writers have... Um, these two great guys, they've written the script and it's going to be awesome and whatever. 
And they were the guys that wrote the film Year One with Jack Black oh, and Michael yeah. Sarah. And then he yeah. said he went and saw that and it was so bad that then he's called up and went, I'm, I'm not doing it. If yeah. those guys have written it, I want no part of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, think it's probably a little unfair. I didn't mind Year One. I never saw it. some gags. I, I think they're all in. They're just the, the holdout is Ernie Hudson. So <laughs> they can't make it without him. I saw, so. you, I saw Ernie Hudson. He was in Melbourne about three or four years ago at a oh. uh, comic book convention down at the... Uh, Melbourne Convention Centre, yep. which I went to see. Why so did you no, go there? Because my son's a, a – well, I, I like comic books and that sort of stuff too, but we, we, so I took him down there to have a look at that because they had, they had the people signing autographs. It was Ernie Hudson. It was Gil Gerard, Gil Gerard from Buck Battlestar. Rogers. Oh, no, no. I'm Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they also had uh, the guy who was the fish in Hellboy. You know, oh, the yeah. sort of fish man. Yeah. The, and at that stage, Hellboy 2 hadn't come out. And in Hellboy 1, in the original film – he got his voice overdubbed by uh, uh, by uh, Niles in, oh, in Fraser Crane. Andy ah. McDowell style. In yeah, yeah the Collision right. of Tarzan. That's right. She got a beautiful voice. Why? Yeah. Why? You know why? Why? It's a lovely Texan accent. Andy McDowell's yeah, well, got. Why would they? Maybe take that not for voice? the jungle. She was, she was English though in the film, wasn't she? That's yeah. right. Um, so that yeah, they had and 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 so all, all of them were. Seeing, and then there was somebody else there too. I can't remember who it was. Seems somebody like a somebody forgettable. Bunch of... It was an odd group of people. It was somebody from one of those Star Trek. Uh, beyond ones, you know those uh, those metal Mickey. Uh, no, it wasn't. Was no, no, I think it was a human. Right, it was a human. I don't. Know, it wasn't one of the one of the main ones. It was just some, somebody. And then, of course, they're not wearing their masks or their prosthetics. So right. they just look like you know some guy. So uh, yes, Ernie Hudson. Uh, I did get to see. There was a big queue for Ernie. The uh, biggest. Well, it was interesting because I thought Fishman would have got a bigger queue. <laughs> <laughs> I would have liked because Fishman was pretty good. He was a good actor, and in yeah. the second Hellboy, sounds film. like it. With you know how you bothered to remember his name and everything. So <laughs> Fishman, he's one of my favourites. That'd be great if you went to a comic convention and you donned the Milo Kerrigan or the Fabio getup, and you could keep your anonymity because people would just presume because you know everyone at those conventions things is dressed up as characters. Yeah, people wouldn't think, geez, McAuliffe's Is there gone any chance of a full yeah. frontal convention? Um, yeah, FFCon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd go. You get to, that. to ride on the actual roller coaster that's in the opening credits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fantastic! Yeah, yeah. They just stole that. I think there's actually a that's actually some it is, game somewhere. It is, it is because I some remember ride. going to some theme park somewhere, the and it's thing. it's one of those ones that you sit in, and the whole thing yeah. moves they, around. They like just in, licensed it. Yeah, I remember sitting going, "This is the credits for Full Frontal," and then it was a bit of a thrill ride, and then at the end, being really disappointed that. That bald guy gay, wasn't chasing someone on a... The gay flight attendants weren't at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Disappointed the right word. <laughs> oh, come on now. Less nauseous, perhaps. <laughs> so I guess whatever, uh, you know, you're saying you don't want to talk too much about what you've got coming up next, uh, uh, lest it not happen. Not really, yeah. I mean, the only, the only things that definitely are happening... When's this going out? This week? Yes. The only things that are definitely happening is that I'll be in Sydney doing... Uh, narrating the music of John Williams. Oh, great. Uh, oh, really? For the Sydney Symphony Orchestra. So that's an interesting thing. Narrating it. So, yeah, narrating it. so adding just, lyrics? It, it, or? Yeah, I'll sing the Superman thing. <laughs> you know, didn't you? There, there are lyrics to the Superman really? song that were never recorded. Yeah. Oh, wow. Look up in the sky, it's a bird. Look oh. up in the sky, Superman. Come sing with me. Look up in the sky. Is this... It's a bird. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's super. That was it. I've seen that look in your eyes. I'm getting a whiff of the talking about your generation production meetings about yeah, that's this. That's what it is. About this. I'm smelling chainsaws. <laughs> well, whatever you've got coming up, uh, I think the secret is just as long as Amanda Keller doesn't talk about it, then yeah. it will probably happen because as we yeah. learn, if she prophesies or something yep. in the future, Sean McAuliffe's doing a new sketch show. No, not uh, happening. No. No, he's urinating in the corner. <laughs> well, uh, On <that's>... his phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of the program for another week. Thanks so much, Sean McCullough, for that's, joining us. That's all right. How do you turn this on, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> so what are the, uh, the details for the uh, John Williams if people want to come see? I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's Google on, it. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, on, uh, it's at the Sydney Opera House. Mm -hmm. It's on Friday the 10th, I think, of August and Saturday, May. Hey, lady. Great, so check that out. Check out the Williamstown, Williamstown Train Museum as well. Yeah, do. You're in the area. There's check out the plugs. ocean. Yep. Or his phone. <laughs> his phone, yeah. Yep. For Bert Newton's contact number. Check out the, uh, the wood that they're selling in the service station for endorsements by Mark Mitchell's character, Con the Fruiterer. And uh, check out FFCon as well. Yeah, FFCon. And talking about your generation back on soon. Yeah, back on uh, August, uh, about the same time, about the same week of August. Great. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming in, Sean. We really appreciate it. That's right. Um, 
Did you record this? Uh, yes. <laughs> All right, thanks everyone for listening, and we'll see you soon. See you, mates. See you, mates. Never since you've been gone.